Oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah. We're going to get started very short. So we're going to we're going to do our shofar blast from where you are. We're going to do our normal our normal blast sequence, okay? Hallelujah. You want to read 51? I'll read 50. You'll, oh. you'll read Sirach. Okay. I'm just going to do the first song. Okay, I got it. But he does have it up on the Oh, okay. So we, well, I got it. I got it. Okay. Hold on. Um, okay, so. Hallelujah. 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 Alright, right, so as you can see, we're having a little bit of difficulties with the light and the screen, um, but we're going to do our best. We are going to be on YouTube Live, so if you want to join us on YouTube Live, if you want to see better, uh, you can do that. Um, but, you know, we're going to do the best of what Yah gave us, because He knows what He gave us and He knows the situation that we're in, right? No surprise to Yah, so we're going to keep it moving. It should just be a purple screen. Just a purple screen? No, what's that? What's that? Oh, crap. I didn't want to show that. Alright, no, never mind. It's alright. And I'll read Psalm 15. Alright. Are you saying that, Melissa? Yeah, that's that's old. Oh, I see. I don't think it's showing anything. I show. I show in this. Sure. It's the Rock 51. Start off with the psalm of the day, 15. It's thought to be a poem of David. 
great one for this festival. Yahuwah, who sojourns in your tent, who dwells in your Kodesh mountain, he who walks blamelessly and does righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, he has not slandered with his tongue, he has not done evil to his neighbor, nor lifted up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate one is despised, but he esteems those who revere Yahuwah, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He has not put out his silver at interest and has not taken a bribe against the innocent. He who does these is never moving. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to read uh, Sirach 51. I will thank thee, O Adonai and King, and praise thee, O Elohim, my Savior. I do give praise unto thy name, for thou art my defender and helper, and hast preserved my body from destruction, and from the snare of the slanderous tongue, and from the lips that forge lies, and has been my helper against mine adversaries. And hast delivered me according to the multitude of thy mercies and greatness of thy name, from the teeth of them that were ready to devour me, and out of the hands of of such that sought after my life, and from the manifold afflictions which I had, from the choking of fire on every side, and from the midst of the fire which I kindled not, from the depth of the belly of H.E. double hockey sticks, from an unclean tongue and from a lying word, by an accusation to the king, from an unrighteous tongue, my soul drew, drew near even unto death. My life was nearer to H.E. double hockey sticks beneath. They compassed me on every side. There was no man to help me. I looked for the secure of men, but there was none. Then thought I upon thy mercy, O Adonai, and upon thy acts of old, how thy deliverest such as wait for thee and saveth them out of the hands of the enemy. Then I lifted up my supplications from the earth and prayed for deliverance from death. I called upon Yahuwah, the father of my Adonai, that he would not leave me in the days of my trouble and in the time of the proud, when there was no help. I will praise thy name continually. I will sing praises with thanksgiving, and so my prayer was heard. For thou savest me from destruction and deliverest me from the evil time. Therefore will I give thanks and praise thee and bless thy name, O Yahuwah. When I was yet young, or ever I went abroad, I desired wisdom openly in my prayer. I prayed for her before the temple, and will seek her even, and will seek her out even to the road, even from the flower into the grape was ripe. Hath my heart delighted in her? My foot went the right away from my youth. Upsought I after her. I bowed down, I bowed down my ear a little, and received her, and got much learning. I profited therein, therefore will I ascribe glory unto him that giveth me wisdom. For I purpose to do after her, and earnestly I follow that which is good. So shall I not be confounded. My soul has wrestled with her, and in my doings I was exact. I stretched forth my hands to the heaven above and bewailed my ignorances of her. I directed my soul unto her and I found her in pureness. I have had my heart joined with her from the beginning. Therefore shall I not be forsaken. 
My heart was troubled in seeking her, therefore have I gotten a good possession. Yahuwah has given me a tongue for my reward, and I will praise him therewith. Draw near unto me, ye unlearned, and dwell in the house of learning. Wherefore ye, wherefore are you slow? And what say ye to these things, seeing your soul are very thirsty? I opened my mouth and said, Buy her for yourselves without money. Put your neck under, put your neck under the yoke, and let your soul receive instruction. She is hard at hand to find. Behold with your eyes how that I have but a little labor and have gotten unto me much rest. Get learning with a great sum of money and get much gold by her. Let your soul rejoice in his mercy and be not ashamed of his praise. For work your work betimes and in his time he will give you your reward. Alright, next we have the apostrophe to Zion. I will remember you, O Zion, for a blessing. I will remember you, O Zion, for a blessing. With all my might, I love you. Your memory is to be blessed forever. Your hope is great, O Zion. Peace and your awaited salvation will come. Generation after generation shall dwell in you, and generations of the pious shall be your ornament. They who desire the day of your salvation shall rejoice in the greatness of your glory. They shall be suckled on the fullness of your glory, and in your beautiful streets they shall make tinkling sounds. You shall remember the pious deeds of your prophets, and shall glorify yourself in the deeds of your pious ones. Cleanse violence from your midst, lying in iniquity, may they cut off from you. Your sons shall rejoice within you, and your cherished ones shall be joined to you. How much they have hoped in your salvation, how much your perfect ones have mourned for you. Your hope, O Zion, shall not perish, and your expectation will not be forgotten. Is there a just man who has perished? Is there a man who has escaped his iniquity? Man is tried according to his way. Each is repaid according to his deeds. Your oppressors shall be cut off from around you. O Zion, and all who hate you shall be dispersed. Your praise is pleasing, O Zion. It rises up in all the world. Many times I will remember you for a blessing. I will bless you with all my heart. You shall attain to eternal righteousness and shall receive blessings from the noble. Take the vision which speaks of you and the dreams of the prophets requested for you. Be exalted and increase, O Zion. Praise the Most High, your Redeemer. My soul rejoice in your glory. unto me give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee let my prayer be set forth at, um, before thee as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice set a guard O Yahuwah over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips let not my heart be drawn to what is evil to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers let me not eat of their delicacies 
let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let the, him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Hallelujah. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. My bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, as when one cut up and cleave of wood upon the earth. But mine eyes are unto, Yah unto thee, O Yahuwah. The Adonai in thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst that I will fall and escape. Hallelujah. Then we have Tehillim. 133, 1-3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there Yahuwah bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Psalm 144 Praise be my Yahuwah, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. Oh, Yahuwah, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Hallelujah. Keeping up with Beth Yeshurun's Bible schedule over the past few days, you'll recall that we've been reading from the book of Ezra. Describes the return of Yah's people from Babylon, a land of religious confusion. Upon arrival in Jerusalem, they immediately began rebuilding the temple and dedicated it during a tabernacles festival. Seeing as each of us here are, are temples built without hands for Elohim, that Yasharun is doing spiritually today what Yah's people did physically about 2,500 years ago. <clears throat> For me, people spending eight days in tents here in Dundee, Michigan is a beautiful picture of Yah's ancient festival. I'd be remiss if I neglected to give a shout out and thanks to our host for opening up their property for this camp out. Hallelujah. You're enabling Bet Yesharun to dedicate our bodies as temples for Elohim and to rebuild a community who are dedicated to serving Elohim. Furthermore, the timing of Bet Yesharun's Bible schedule is remarkable considering how today we began to read the book of Nehemiah. It describes how people's 
of how Yah's people built Jerusalem's walls after rebuilding the temple. It might seem odd they followed that construction schedule, but I encourage you to reflect on that timing as it pictures what took place in ancient times on a physical basis, and it pictures what's happening with Bet Yeshurun on a spiritual basis at Tabernacles 2023. Today, while reading from chapter 1, verses 5 through 11, Yah put it on my heart to adapt Nehemiah's prayer for Bet Yeshurun's Tabernacles 2023 Day 1 celebration. O Yahuwah, creator of the heavens and the earth, great and awesome Elohim, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive to hear this prayer of your children at Bet Yeshurun. Open your eyes and see your servants who gather for your Tabernacles 2023 festival here in Dundee, Michigan, or who are joining with us online through the internet. Abba Father, we confess that your children have not kept all the commandments, statutes, nor ordinances that you commanded us through your servant Moshe. We also acknowledge that we and our ancestors have sinned and acted corruptly against you. But today we pray that you remember your word to your servant Moshe that says that it's for our unfaithfulness that we are scattered among the nations. But if we return to our Father to keep your commandments and do them, even though we're cast out to the farthest parts of the earth, you will gather us from there and bring us to this place which you chose as a dwelling for your name. Now look upon these, your servants of Beth Yeshurun, whom you redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Adonai, may your ear be attentive to the prayers of your servants who fear and glorify your name. Indeed, grant that Yeshurun mercy in thy sight, and may your servants prosper today and throughout your 2023 family reunion. O Sovereign Yahuwah, Heavenly Father, that Yeshurun gives praise and thanks for your teachings to your remnant people. As we gather for Tabernacles 2023 to honor you, we invite you and our King Yahushua to dwell among us. Rebuild these temporary dwelling places, our bodies, into your temple made without hands. Fill us with Ruach HaKodesh. Although we're surrounded with worldly darkness and evil reports, yet we celebrate the certainty of your reign. May your peace and prosperity be with us, and may you bless our pastor Obadiah with your truth. Bless him and us with an understanding of your will and way through this lesson that we're about to receive. And accept this prayer unto you, which is offered in the name of our Redeemer, Yahushua of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys hear me okay? Yeah.
we're going to get into uh, a lesson for the day. And then we're at the end of the eye season. You know, I figured that we'll talk about it from the beginning. Amen. Amen. Alright, so we're going to talk about the biblical feast today. They're found in Leviticus 23. And so, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of Yahuwah, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. You know, now this is Yah speaking. He's telling Moshe to tell Israel. Okay? Now, Israel, I want you to understand who Israel is because it's, it's very it's imperative that we understand who Israel is because if we're going to be Yah's people, then we're going to have to be Israel because that's the only nation that he deals with on the planet. In Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 9, it says, Yahuwah did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people. For ye were fewest of all. I want you to understand something. That Yah's people will always be the minority. You know. And. Even though it may seem like a lot of people that's claiming Yah. Yah's people will always be the minority. Because he never changes. He didn't choose his people because they were the most. He chooses them because they're the few. He goes on to say in verse 8, But because Yahuwah loved you and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, have Yahuwah brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen and from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Israel. Know therefore that Yahuwah thy Elohim, he is Elohim, the faithful Elohim, which keep covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. See now, Take note of what it didn't say. It says, Know therefore that Yahuwah like Elohim, He is Elohim, the faithful Elohim, which keep covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments. So what if you love Him, but you don't keep His commandments? You know, would that suffice? Would, would that be good enough? It absolutely won't. See, that's called a conditional clause, you know. Um, well, you can look at it as a conditional clause. It's not a conditional clause, but you can look at it as one because he's saying he keep a covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments. You know, and in fact, if you love him, you will keep his commandments. And if you don't keep his commandments, it's only because you don't love him. That's word. Say loud on that one, right? Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So Yah is telling Israel again. He's saying, If ye will obey my voice indeed, that is, if you do what I tell you and keep my covenant, 
See, it's not just about entering in a covenant with him and keeping his covenant. It's about doing what he said. I pray that you can see that. He says, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant. Which is the same thing as saying, you know, if you keep, uh, if you love him and keep his commandments. You know, so let's go back up to uh, verse 2 of Leviticus 23. We dealt with Israel a bit. Now I want to deal with something else. He says, concerning the feast of Yahuwah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Holy convocations. Well, the word holy is kodesh, number 6944, and it speaks to a sacred place or thing. Convocations is number 4744 in the stone, and it speaks to something called out, a public meeting. You know, and the word feast in both cases here, where it says concerning the feast of Yahuwah, and where it says, um, these are my feasts. Feast means an, appoint an appointment. So what I want you guys to understand is that a holy convocation is a sacred, it's a sacred public meeting. And that's why we're here today. It's, we're here for a sacred public meeting and it's Yah's appointment. It's not our appointment, it's Yah's appointment. You know, so in other words, Yah set has an appointment with his people every time we come together. I'm sorry, this word feast is actually Moadim in the Hebrew. It's Moadim and it speaks to Yah's appointment. Moadim means appointed time. It's his appointed time, it's his appointment. And, you know, this is where he's going to be when he sets his appointment. If you're his, you'll be there. If you're not, then I guess you won't be. You know, now I know some may be thinking like, well, yeah, that's for Israel. But what about me? You know, I'm a Gentile. You know, it doesn't matter if you view yourself as a Gentile or if you view yourself as homeborn Israel. But Romans 11, 13 through 18 tells us, for I speak to you Gentiles. And as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, see, he's referring to the Gentiles as a wild olive tree, were graft in among them, and with them partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. See, so in other words, the Gentiles are graft into the nation of Israel. They're graft into the nation of Israel, and they don't. They're not a separate people of Elohim in and of themselves. They are part of Israel. If they're adhering to Yah, they are part. They become a part of Israel because they graft into the tree. You know, and even as he says, boast not against the branches that was broken off. You know, because thou bearest not the root. 
See, the root is Israel. You know, and even if you were grafted in, the root is what's going to feed you. That's the way it's supposed to be. But now today you have the people who follow Yahshua thinking that they're a whole different set of people. No, if Yahshua is your king, then you are Israel. Because Yahshua, his heir to the throne, is the throne of David, who is the king of Israel. You know, so I pray that you understand that no matter if you're a Gentile or you're homeborn, you know, you're Israel if you enter into covenant with Elohim and you begin to keep his commandments and if you don't keep his commandments then you're not really in covenant with him or you're going to find yourself accursed by him you know so it doesn't matter if you're natural born or if you're a gentile coming into the faith you're still israel you know and if you're israel then yah is also speaking to you in leviticus 23 you know, so when it says that you're to keep this sacred place or thing, when it speaks about his holy convocation and his feast, you know, he's telling that telling you that you're supposed to be a part of a sacred calling out for a public meeting. That you're supposed to be at his sacred appointments with the host of the meeting. And who's hosting the meeting? Yah himself. Hallelujah. You know, so we know he's here today because it's his meeting. He's the host. You know, Leviticus 23.3 goes on to say, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. So now this is the, this is the first of the Moedim or, or the appointments that Yah has, has set. It is the Sabbath. You know, he says, bless you, he says six days shall work be done but the seventh day is the sabbath of rest and holy convocation you shall do no work therein it is the sabbath of yahuwah in all your dwellings now the sabbath comes around every seven days on the most part on the most part it comes around every seven days some people say there can be no interruption in those seven days but that's not true but that's we're not here to get into that but I just want you to know that the weekly Sabbath is a time of rest with God now I want you to understand that the Sabbath rest doesn't speak to you kicking back on your lounge chair or kicking back on your couch or taking a nap or sleeping all day you know that's not what the Sabbath rest of Elohim the Sabbath rest of Elohim is when he has hauled you out for his appointment He's called you out to actually serve him. And see, if you don't understand that, then you're not going to be keeping the Sabbath properly because the Sabbath is all about serving God and his people on at his appointed time. You know, being at his meeting. So I pray that you can see that. Like it's one of his appointed times and it, it is a holy convocation you can't do the sabbath at home by yourself you can't do that because it's a holy convocation it's a public meeting it's a calling out 
calling you out of the world and come together with Yah and his people. You know, so, yeah, that's what we're to do. Let me have my first reader read Leviticus 23, 4 through 6. Leviticus 23, 4 through 8. Yeah, 4 through 8. 4 through 8. These are the feasts of Yahuwah, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. On the 14th day of the first month at even is Yahuwah's Passover. On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto Yahuwah. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. And the first day you shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Hallelujah. Okay, so next we have Yah's Passover. You know, and the Passover is all about entering into covenant with Elohim. It's all about entering into his covenant and becoming a part of Israel. You know, being grafted in, grafted in if, if you would. You know, that is what the Passover is about. It's about, you know, becoming one with Elohim. You know, but that's not something that should be taken lightly or even done lightly. You know, so you should really know and understand what you're getting into before you do such a thing. So many people just enter into covenant with Yahweh, which is a type of contract without reading the fine print. And they don't understand, like, you know, why all these horrible things start happening to them when they start breaking that covenant. You know, they just, like, they just forget about they entered into covenant with Yah is just for something to do because it sounded good at the time. Not realizing that there's a responsibility that comes along with covenanting with Elohim. He has a part to play, and we have a part to play. Amen? Let me have my next reader read Leviticus 23, 9 through 14. And Yahuwah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheep of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheep before Yahuwah to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheep, and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto Yahuwah. And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah for a sweet savor. And the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your Elohim. 
It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Uh, hallelujah. Okay, so. When you come into the land which I give you. Now, those of us in Messiah, you know, this has a special significance. Because we're all called to be fathered from above, i.e. born again. And if you're born again, you inherit a land that Yah gave you. It's called these flesh bodies. At the end of the day, they're just dust of the earth. They're just land, if you would. You know, and this is the land that we've inherited. You know, and we are to bring offerings unto Yah from our toils within this land. You know, and I want you to see something. That even when they come to bring the offering, you ha they had to bring it to the priest. They had to bring it to the priest. See, one of the things that, well, yet another thing that a lot of people don't understand is like, you know, you can't cut Yah's representatives out of the picture. You know, the priests are there for a reason. Yah deals with his priests. His priests deals with his people. They are his intermediaries. They are his ambassadors. You know, and so, you know, you can't just... You couldn't just go into the Holy of Holies on your own. You couldn't just go into the um, the uh, holy place on your own. You couldn't just offer an offering on your own. It all had to go through Yah's priest. You know, and Yah never changes. So these principles are still in place. Say lie. You know, so what we're talking about here is the first fruits. The first fruits... You know, and even though we're speaking to an agricultural people, um, y'all was speaking to Israel, who was an agricultural people at the time, you know, no matter what toil you do, you can still bring Yah first fruits. You know, so, and you can bring them spiritual first fruits. You know, if you sow kindness and you begin to reap kindness, then give them a first fruit. And if you're going to work and and you just, you know, you get your first pay of the year, give them a first fruit. Now understand, a first fruit offering is quite a bit different than a tithe. A first fruit offering is a very small offering in comparison, you know, to to the harvest. You know, so, uh, for instance, like with the first fruits of, of barley. The first fruits of barley was was uh, what they called it, an omer. An omer is approximately the equivalent to a two-liter bottle of grain. And within that two-liter bottle, that would constitute like an omer. Now imagine you got this great big old field full of grain. All y'all asking for for the first fruits offering is a two liter bottle full. And it's the first fruits. That means that two liter bottle comes from the first grains that grows up in the field. You take that and then that's what you offer as a first fruits offering. That has nothing to do with the tithe. 
The tithe is something that you give after you've harvested the whole field. After you've harvested the whole field and you brought everything in, then God says, give them a tithe. But that's totally different than first fruits. And I know in a lot of places, you know, um, today, they just mix the two. You know, the first fruit becomes a tithe, a tithe becomes a first fruit. All they get right is the offering. You know. <laughs> Alright. You know, now when it comes to y'all's scriptural first fruit, he has the first fruit of barley, then he has the first fruit uh and I think this is mixed up in here because it should have been up here. But there's the first fruit of wheat. And then there's the first fruit of wine. And that's Shabbat, the first fruit of wheat that should have preceded it. And then you have the first fruit of wine. And then you have the first fruit of, oh, that's oil. First fruit of, I, got, I have wine, I'm first, I'm sorry. But that's first fruit of oil. You know, and so these are the first fruit offerings. You know, and it just simply speaks to, you know, different different crops that they had and spiritually it has significance as well but we're not going to get into that today let me have my next reader read Leviticus 23, 23 through 25 please and Yahuwah spake unto Moshe saying speak unto the children of Israel saying in the seventh month in the first day of the month shall ye have us about a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. You shall do no civil work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Okay, now, um, another thing I, I wanted to state, you know, the weekly Sabbath goes on and on and on and on. But the Sabbaths that we're going over now, the Moedim, Yah's appointed times, you know, the Passover, the first fruits, you know, even um, the Feast of Trumpets that, that we're reading about here, they come at, in different seasons. So the Passover begins at the beginning of Yah's year. And this is important to understand because Yah is light, and in Him there is no darkness. And his year starts when the light starts. You know, in the beginning of the year, you have you have what's called the vernal equinox. The vernal equinox speaks to when the light begins to get brighter and stay out longer than the darkness. So you see this ever-growing of light from the equinox on. You know, and so, Yah being an L of light, this is when his people go to hit their appointments with him. Now, as the light continues to grow, you know, we continue to go forth and we meet with him at his appointed times. Now, there's going to come a time when the light begins to dissipate. And that's around this time, in the fall. You know, because we get to what's called the autumnal equinox, which is just the opposite, and the cycle begins to reverse. So the night begins to grow longer than the day and so right in that mixture in the 
in the uh, evening portion of the year is the time that we're in now and so this is when the darkness began to rule over the light and that's important to understand because this is the time when most of the crimes shoot through the roof it's because the darkness is ruling this is the time when most of your suicides happen again it's because the darkness is ruling most people call it holiday time but it's it's not God's holiday time it's man's holiday time which are wicked and so the wickedness rules God's people we begin to start to rest you shouldn't be doing a whole lot don't be out plant, trying to plant seed in the middle of the winter you're not going to get a harvest you know so you have to you have to understand these things so that you can work with the light and against the darkness and not with the darkness and against the light say light you know, so here it is, we're talking about a blowing of trumpets. Now, trumpets represents warnings. Now, one day, God's plan is going to come to an end. And he's going to come back and he's going to judge all of his creation. You know, we all get a chance to come through this thing we call life. But Yah has a plan. And whether we continue to live after this life, or not depends on where we fall in his plan you know so I would suggest that you try to get on his side stay in the light because where the light is is where you'll find life but in the darkness there's only death there's only death and pain and hurt so do try to stay in the light you know, and so when we get to trumpets, trumpets is all about warning Yah's people that the time is nigh, that Yah's judgment is coming. So you want to try to you want to try to hurry up and and go and get right with Yah. You know, and so from the blowing of the trumpets, there's something called um, which the Yahudim refer to as the ten days of awe. Now these ten days of awe is a time in which folks are trying to make them make amends they're trying to get it right they're trying to you know save their souls before before Yah pass judgment and so they trying to you know really really get close to Yah during this time so it's a very somber time you know and so that's the feast of trumpets it's all about warning and so you want to heed the warning before it's too late, though. Leviticus 23, 26 through 30 goes on to say, Yahweh spake unto Moshe, saying, Also in the tenth day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. Now, Yah doesn't have us afflict our souls for nothing. You know, He's not telling us this. You know, these more deen, they're like a rehearsal there to teach us his map, his plan. You know, so that when it starts to come to pass, we'll be able to recognize it. Kind of like all the passages in scripture that Yah was teaching his people prior to Yahshua coming. 
And when Yahshua came, the people were supposed to be able to acknowledge and recognize that he was there. But they didn't. Because they were asleep at the wheel. So, let us be learn from their error and be able to recognize the signs of the times, you know, before he comes back. When he started sounding his his alarm, when he started blowing his trumpets. You know, and so the tenth day is the day of atonement. Yah is so good and so merciful that he gives us a chance to cover our sins every year before he comes back. You know, what a great L we serve. You know, Yah we serve. Now, I want you to understand something. You know, I want you to understand that you need to be covered during this time because you're every year. And this is why it's not just a one-time thing. It was every year because every year, this is the time before the darkness began to rule. And while the darkness is ruling, which is like the nighttime of the year, if you notice, like all through the winter days, the night is real long and the days are short. Now, what you think y'all doing in the middle of the night? He sleep. What you mean? Y'all don't sleep. Where he's resting. He's not bothering with us. Because we supposed to be what? At night. We supposed to be sleep. We supposed to be resting. You know, this is why we read in the in um in Genesis, you know, on the seventh day he rested. Now, this is when the enemy comes at us. Because this is when he's strongest. Now when y'all return in the beginning, he found Adam and Eve had fell. Part of the reason they fell is because they should have been resting. Because it was night. You know, if they was up wandering around the garden, messing with stuff, they didn't have no business. You know, but that, we're going to learn from their mistakes. That's why we have the word, so that we can learn from their errors. This is why the last shall be first and the first shall be last, because those that are last, we have the benefit of all the errors of those that preceded us. So we're supposed to be wiser. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You know, so the tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. This is the day when you want to be covered because you're going into the night. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, uh, you see the same element, even with when you're unclean and then it tells you to, you know, you know, that you're clean, uh, to become clean at even, you know, he wants you back in the camp before the dark so that you can be clean before the dark began ruling. Because we're children of the light. We don't have no business moving about out in the, in the dark. Right, right. 
Alright, then we come to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, this is what we're talking about. You know, and so Yom Kippur is all about, you know, covering our sins, repenting to, to, to God, repenting to our neighbors, to our brothers, our sisters, whoever we may have offended throughout the year. You know, you want to try to make it make it right with them. You know, so that you're going into the night covered. So you're not going into it, you know, exposed. So the enemy can't get at you. You know, so that's what we do on Yom Kippur. And now my next me to read verses 23, I'm sorry, 33 through 39 of Leviticus 23. And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be feast of tabernacles for seven days unto Yahuwah. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. He shall do no servile work therein. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. He shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. It is a solemn assembly, and he shall do no servile work So it doesn't matter what the enemy throw at us, 
we still have our harvest. We still supposed to have fruit. We're supposed to celebrate with the fruit of the land that we gather. Amen. Because it is a harvest festival. You know, and so I want you to understand that. And Yah's seasonal morning are besides or in addition to his Sabbaths, his weekly Sabbaths. You know, so, but they're all Yah's appointed time. They're all his, his appointments. So today is the first day and it's a Sabbath. And the eighth day is also a high day. So these are, those are our high days, the first and the eighth, you know, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, it goes on to say in verse 40, And ye shall take you on the first day the bowls of goodly trees and the branches of palm trees and the bowls of thick trees and whittles of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before Yahuwah your Elohim for seven days. Now, remember I said that, you know, when you come, you're supposed to give offerings of fire, and that, that fire spoke to these trials. So while you're out here, you know, your beautiful brothers or sisters that are around you may help you give an offering by fire. They may cause some trials to come upon you. You're supposed to wave your fruit that you've been gathering all year. Amen? Amen. You know, so I want you to understand that. You know, because he says, bring the bowls, the bowls of goodly trees. Now this word bowls is peri, number 6529, and it means fruit of goodly trees. So if we're going to be some goodly trees, and we're going to have some fruit, we're supposed to be waving it around. So it doesn't matter if sister so-and-so stepped on my foot. You know, I'm going to love on her anyway. It doesn't matter if brother so-and-so getting on my nerves. I'm going to be long-suffering. It doesn't matter if everything I do electronically go wrong. I'm still going to have y'all shalom. <laughs> you know, this is that time when the trial shall come. You know, we have to keep that in mind. We need, If we're going to be truly be the children of light, then we need to always take into account when we're operating in light and when we're operating in the darkness. Now, if you have a problem that's coming up against you, and you realize that you're in the middle of winter, let it go. That's not a battle you're going to win. Because you're fighting at a time when the darkness is ruling. And you're a child of the light. Let that go. Now if it's in the summertime, the light is on your side. So you see how that can apply to your everyday life? It can and it does if you allow it to. Amen? Amen? You know, so we have to begin to understand these things on the on the spiritual um, plane so that we can get benefit of them in the here and now. It's not just ancient history that we're, that we're talking about. This stuff applies to our lives right now. You know, 
And if you look, you'll see it all around you. You'll see scripture coming to pass all around you. You'll see the principles are very, very active and forthright in your life even now today. Now, he also said, you know, bring bowls of thick trees. <coughs> now, you would think that the KJV translators, you would think that the first word, bowls of goodly trees, and the second word, bowls of thick trees, was the same word, right? They are not. They're not. The first one speaks to fruit. The second one speaks to thick cover. You know, and you're going to need some thick covering during this time. You know, and so you want to stay covered. And so this is why you come and you celebrate with the fruit and you celebrate with the thick covering, you know, because Yah has you covered. You know, verse 41 goes on to say, And ye shall keep it a feast unto Yahuwah seven days in a year. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. Now, we're going to seek to do what verse 40 said before I go to 41. You know, we cut down a bunch of bowls, thick coverings. We have piled out in the field. And when the lesson is over, before we go start praise, I want everyone to go out and get a branch. I see somebody has one already. Hallelujah. And we're going to keep that same branch all the way through to the seventh day. And we're going to celebrate with it. Because it has a very important message behind it and signification. You know, it represents us being righteous trees, for one. You know, and it shows us actually walking in God's will way and purposes. We're actually doing His will. <coughs> Showing Him that He that we love Him. And you know what He's going to do in return. He's going to love back on us, right? Verse 41 goes on to say, And ye shall keep it a feast unto Yahuwah seven days of the year. And verse 42 goes on to say, Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All of that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. And booths just simply speak to temporary dwellings. You know, and that's why we're out here and we're in temporary dwellings. You know, and so we're going to walk this thing out physically. But we're also going to walk it out spiritually. You know. Yeah. Now. He says that we're to do this. That we may know. That he made his children. The children of Israel to dwell in booths. When he brought them out of the land of Israel. You know. And we. As we stated from the beginning. Anyone who's claiming him as their El. As their king. Is Israel. And if we're Israel. We need to dwell in booths. And if we follow Yahshua, then we are dwelling in booths. If we were father from above, we are in temporary dwellings. Because it's appointed to every man to die. This flesh has to die. This is just a temporary dwelling. It's just a booth. It's just a tent. You know? Now, Second Corinthians backs me up on this. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 1. It says, For we know for we know that the earth that the earthly house 
of this um, of our tent, the earthly house of our tent, i.e., our flesh bodies, is dissolved. We have a building. If it's dissolved, we have a building um, from Elohim, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You know, that's just waiting for us. Now we're not in no rush to get there, but you know, we're gonna hang out in these booths for a while. And the seven days just simply speak to the rest of our lives in the spiritual sense. Now, I want you to see that those of us who do this and do this properly, I want you to see what is in store for us in the hereafter. And this is found in Revelation 7, 9-14. It says, After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. You know, so one of the first things I want to point out is it's a great multitude which no man can number. We're talking about an innumerable amount of folks. And they're of all nations, kindreds, and peoples and tongues. Now these are the people that was wrapped into Israel. They're Israel as a whole. Israel at large. It's Israel natural born and Israel that was grafted in. You know, and it's an innumerable amount of people. So Yah has room for us. Amen? He has room for us. Now check this out. It said they stood before his throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palms in their hands. Now the palms were one of those goodly trees that we were reading about the tabernacles that we're supposed to celebrate with. So you see, these people are actually a depiction of those keeping that spiritual tabernacles. You know, after they dwelt in these booths, they're seen with palms in their hands representing they, they were righteous people. They were upright people. The white robes also speaks to the righteousness of the saints. You know, and so... It goes on in verse 10 and says, And cried, they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our Elohim which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne, about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped the Elohim, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our Elohim forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And which came then? Now pay attention where they came from. It says, And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest? And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. There's a great tribulation coming, God. There's a great tribulation coming, and I'm telling you that there's never been a people on the planet that have been closer to it happening than us today. And tomorrow, we'll be a little closer. And it's a very good chance that it may happen in our day and time. Stay live. It goes on to say, therefore, 
are they before the throne of Elohim and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Now I'm here to tell you that if you're not serving him today, don't think that you're going to get to serve him tomorrow. If you're not serving him today, if you're not coming to his, appoint, his, his appointments, if every time he show up at his appointments, you're not there, if your attendance is slacking, every time he has an appointment, he don't see you, he don't hear from you, When you get here, when it's time to be here, you're not going to be in this crowd. You have to understand that. Therefore are they before the throne and they serve him day and night in this temple. He knows you're not going to serve him because you didn't serve him when you were here. You know, this is the test. So you better try to get it right now. If you get it right now, then you'll be made later. It goes on in verse 16, it says, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto the fountains of waters. And Elohim shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. No more crying. No more hungering. No more thirsting. You know, Yah has a wonderful plan in store for us who persevere and endure until the end. But you have to persevere and you have to endure to the end. You know, you have to walk this thing out. You can't just say a few words and presto change oh, you know, you saved. And once saved, always saved. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. And you know, even though that's something that's commonly taught today, it does not work that way. It didn't work that way for none of the saints we read about in the Old Testament. It don't work. It didn't work that way for none of the saints we read about in the New Testament. When I look at all the apostles, it didn't work that way. When I look at all the prophets, it didn't work that way. When I look at look at our example, the Messiah. It didn't work that way. So, what man think they're better than them? That they're going to be able to do it differently. Yah only has one way. He only has one way. So either we're going to travel it, or we're going to find ourselves on that broad way that the many are on, which leads unto death. That's all I have for you today. Say, Kog Samiak. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that you make your way and go get your branch. Come back and we'll get our praise on.